Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Getting the apologies from Boss Man because he gave Wes all of the love as far as who could win a Charlotte Media dunk contest. And he wouldn't give me any love. Although, Fitty, my dynamic producer, I appreciate you trying to explain to Boss Man that, you know what? I played at Charlotte back in the 70s and made the Final Four with that squad. And that's according to Barrett Media when we got this job, Wes and Walker, (laughs) all the way back on November 14th. Yeah, no, you're legend. I mean, like... I've actually contacted Charlotte to rename Halton Arena the Mail Arena. Oh, really? Did they? What did they say? I'm still waiting. To, they're still waiting to get back to me. Come on, Mike. Mike Hill, my guy, who I haven't talked to in a little bit. But Mike, come on. Go ahead and see if you can rename Halton Arena. They're going to be asking for a lot of money to get the names changed, and I'm not going to have it. So just do it off of my basketball prowess, which hopefully we can demonstrate in a video that is soon to come. Because if you want to follow us, on Twitter, at Wes and Walker. I always forget how to spell it, though. I might be able to dunk, but I can't spell. Wes, do you know how to spell it? W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. We're going to put a video out today. Yes. It's happening. Are you excited about this, Fitty? Like, you're ready to go, right? Because I put it in the group chat, and sometimes you get mad at me for not responding. You didn't really... I guess it wasn't towards you. You're coming with us, right? But you're coming with us to record this thing. If not, then we can't really do it, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, so I'm excited for you actually wanting to do something on video. I know, because I don't. I am all radio through and through. But this is a major inconvenience to my afternoon, because I have to leave the station, then come back to the station to do all my producer producer work. So, Mm -hmm. uh... You'll be high. (laughs) But no, I'm, I'm really excited I'm nervous for you. I'm. Yeah, you're nervous. You just got to hold the camera and laugh at me. Because I want you to know that even like like if, if you pull a me and you tear your ACL, we're yeah. still going to put the video up of you injuring yourself. Well, okay. I mean, I'm ready to go. Wes told us that there was a basketball court not too far from here. It's really just within walking distance, Wes? No, no, not walking distance. Oh, I didn't know. Especially you not made walking. It sound like- I'm not walking anywhere on Freedom Drive. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that? Why you think? <laughs> You're free to do whatever you want. I just, right. wanted to, I just wanted to hear what you would say. No, I thought the way you made it sound was like it was just around the corner. No, it is around the corner when okay. you're driving. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm ready to go out there, and we're about to see. We're about to pull up to the scene right now. Bus driver, little country Josh Marlowe. Open up the doors, and let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. He's dying. Uh, Stanford P coming in strong, by the way, at the beginning of the show, saying, how about we name it Big Bird Arena? Oh, wait, never mind. How about, what about Lanky Ass Arena? I don't know if they'd go for that. Copeland, how about the Airmail Room? We can go with that. If I could dunk, that's a decent nickname, The Airmail Room? Airmail, M-E-H-L? Yeah, yeah, I got you on that for the, as far as the name of the arena. Or just anything that I walk into. I got you. Because my hops are so crazy, Wes. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about that. (laughs) 
you don't. You don't like the nicknames that I like. <laughs> I try I mean, to give you. You are some... talking to the Black Messiah, though. I, I mean, am. Like, right. no, black, AKA no. Black Ice. Yes, Black Ice. <laughs> AKA, AKA. The AKA, yeah. everything, the Messiah. That's right. But I do have the Hyper Dunks. I've got my Hyper Dunks ready to go. They're in the car. Because I'm not going to jump in the skateboard shoes that I have on right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm totally hanging 10, giving all of the credence to Fiddy's bro impersonation that he does of me. Right. But I'm going to go to the Hyper Dunks in just a moment. About three hours from now. And we're going to put that video out. But Jeff tried to give you all of the love as far as the dunk contest goes. And now you're saying, I mean, you had the 29-inch vertical at 300 pounds, but there's no way that you could dunk right now is what you're saying. No, not at all, man. Like I said, I played pickup basketball on Monday, and I was hooping very well, but my body paid the price for it uh, starting that night. Uh And it's been a rough last couple of days. Well, that that's hilarious because as we talk about this, we all we are full of basketball activities for the next couple of months. Yeah. Because you just played pickup with some young bloods out there. Yeah. And you are feeling it like an old man. That's yeah. your words. That's what you told us. You've been really sore the past two days from just playing pickup basketball with some youngins. Not just, I mean, sore, just the knee and the back. It, it's been pretty bad. Man. Well, I mean, hold on. That you, concrete did me dirty. You, you did come into the studio, not the studio, but you came into the fishbowl yesterday and you said, I kind of want to cry. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. How many people, I want people to text us out there, 704-570-9610. What is the biggest old person moment that you've had here recently? <laughs> like playing pickup with some youngins, going maybe one-on-one against your kid out there in the driveway. What is an old person moment that you've had here recently? And so I think that's about to happen to me. And I've really just stayed away from the fact that I might not be able to dunk because I haven't attempted it in quite some time. Hell, dribbling a basketball is going to be interesting to see how much it'll bounce back up to me. I don't know if I even remember how to do that. So let alone being able to dunk. I'm really worried about myself getting injured out there. And I just don't know exactly how that video is going to look. Do you want to put bets on it? Like, do you and, and plus, we need to figure out. The I'm rules. shooting. I'm the shooter. Well, like, do I get three attempts? Is yeah. there a certain amount? No, of we're going to go till you get it. Oh, we're going to go till I get. Well, that's that's perfect. What if unless I can't get it, though, unless that's it just, the magic of editing. If you want to edit and make me look like a rock star, that is totally fine. <laughs> no, no, no. We, You know we're not going to do that. Now. You know we're going to well, insert I, the nonsense. Well, we're going to say how many attempts it took. I'm going to have some type of, I'm sure me and Fiddy will have some type of banter on there uh-huh. that we're saying uh, stuff. So it would be interesting. I feel like Fiddy secretly wants me to get hurt. He wants me to fall on the landing. That's the kind of... Crab mentality. That's the feeling that I'm getting. Am I right about this, that you kind of want me to get hurt? No, I don't ever wish for people to deliberately get injured. Oh, that's Cap. That's Cap. They ain't sat in on pre-show meetings (laughs) if you're saying that. (laughs) So, no, I mean, I just want to see... I mean, you talk a lot about how good you used to be. It's not true. I mean, you, you're talking about how you used to give all these dudes the business in Catawba County and you used to give them all the smoke. It is such a capper. I, I just want to see what you got, you know, in the repertoire, mainly because we got to play in a 
charity basketball game in that's two right. months. That's right. And, I, and I, I've identified you as, as my pick and roll guy because I'm going to be the guard. Okay. Okay. And I want to see what you're working with. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's something I can throw you some alley oops or do I, do I got to like literally hand feed you the ball so you can put the ball in the net? It's going to be an alley oops I'm injured. That's what it's going to be. We can go to the text line. Barry the Tile <laughs> Man wrote in, I jumped a pretty good size mud puddle in the parking lot and I hurt my knee. I'm out of work for three days. No more jumping. Ooh. I'll start walking around now. <laughs> Barry the Tile Man. Stop jumping those puddles, man. That That is a young man's game. K-Town Steve wrote in, I'm 56 and my son is 16. We played basketball in the driveway last night and when I walked away, he yelled, hey, you left your ankles out here. <laughs> Did you ever have the proverbial, I mean, are you ready as a father for the one-on-one game where Bryce actually takes that away from you? Oh, yeah. I, I look forward to it. Oh, but you're not going to give it to him easy, though. No, no, not at all. So, for me, that didn't happen with my dad. Mm-hmm. We never had the one-on-one game where he finally handed off the baton. I had that with my brothers. Yeah. My oldest brother, mad trash talker. Yeah. He is as good as anybody I, in, in the world. Yeah. My oldest brother is as good as anybody at getting in your head mm-hmm. and talking trash and making you just want to throw punches. In fact, yeah. my older brother, but younger than him, did throw punches a couple times during wow. their growing up days. That's right. But when I finally beat him, oh man, I was talking all sorts of stuff I to bet. him. Pounding my chest, bringing him down low, doing post <laughs> moves. I was so happy as soon as that happened. Um, 980 number wrote in put, in, uh, put in a new wood floor in my house. The next day, I realized I had knees for the first time. Sometimes that'll happen to you oh, as people God, get. Yeah. Th- those those do-it-yourself projects, that'll yeah, expose I'm, you real quick. I'll call the guy. Are you a handyman, Wes? No, not at all. I said I was put on this earth to entertain, not to be a handyman. <laughs> Fitty, you kind of are a handyman, though. Like, you, you've you been... <laughs> stop. Just tell us that you're good at working in construction. Please, just take the easy bait. No, not the other way. You're good in construction, correct? Uh, yeah, I got a little background in doing some electrical work. Did some over the weekend. Did some commercial heating and air. Uh-huh. Uh... And yeah. Okay, that's great. I do with my hands. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to go any further on that convo. Real Tar Heel wrote in, Walker, just don't show up with knee pads and elbow pads and a headband because that's the old man category. So I'm not going to... I never wore a headband in my life. Never did that. I never wore any kind of sweat guard or anything growing up because that's a big way to look foolish out there on the court. At least for me, I never did that. Did you wear sweat guards out there? Um, Sweat guards? Is what that, do you mean? Sweatbands? Nah, Wristbands? Stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I like the long ones, too. When Nike had the ones that were like the double ones that were long, but I never wore them on my wrist. I, I want like forearm. Forearm. Like if I did wear them to act like my favorite basketball player, then I would just put it on the forearm. Yeah. But I could. Scottie Pippen I didn't. No, Jordan didn't do it, but Scottie Pippen did, and a lot of other people. Allen Iverson had a finger sleeve. And I remember those I3 finger sleeves, and yeah. a lot of people had those back people. when I was playing. And he, he brought in the, the, the arm sleeve, uh-huh. which I love, though. Twitter Chris, okay, I don't know who this is, but he said, Fitty, Walker once blocked me twice and stole the ball on the same shot at the Hickory YMCA. 
Walker, I'll collect my $10 via Venmo at the end of the show. I don't know what that means, but he's telling you, I would love to know who that was that I just gave the business at the Hickory Y yeah. all the way back in Catawba County. Who, you said it was a double block? You don't remember that? No, he said once blocked me twice and stole the ball on the same shot at the Hickory YMCA. This coming in from Twitter Chris, I would love to know who that is because I would love to hear more stories about how awesome I was yeah. at the Hickory YMCA because I definitely <laughs> do not remember that. And then Logo704 probably giving me the worst actual insult. Walker will look like purple shirt guy out there. I don't want to look like purple shirt guy out there with the headband, the green bandana that ruined the Charlotte Hornets chances of getting past the Miami Heat when Dwayne Wade destroyed us in that game. That was brutal. I do not remember that. Um, or no, I do not remember that finally, and I do not want to be called that. All right, we're off and rolling. We're going to talk about a little bit more. Jero Avero just spoke to media. We've been giving him some time. He's been taking uh, questions from the media, been answering them about the new defense, the odd man front, just how much Dom Capers has an influence on him as a coach, the new D.C. here in Carolina. And we'll get to some of those sound bites a little bit later on in the show. But coming up next, we have the position breakdown series continuing. We did linebackers yesterday. It's defensive backs today. And of course, the big question is, are we going to fight about J.C. Horn? Anytime he's a part of the conversation, you can expect some loud noises. Expected coming up next, Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Wesson Walker off and rolling sports radio 92.7 WFNZ. Going to continue the position preview, the position breakdown series, starting with the defensive backs today. And you can text us your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. The number to dial or text, I should say, is 704-570-9610. We'll get to a couple of old person moments that people have been experiencing. Tar Hill T wrote in. I tried to whip my eight-year-old, and I think I hurt myself worse being sore. Gary from Texas wrote in, I am going through that right now, the old person experience with my nine-year-old daughter. I am going easy to help her build confidence until she started talking junk, and then she got introduced to blocked shots. Oh, does that happen with you and your kid? Like, you might take it easy a little bit, and then he starts talking junk, and then you're going to swat it? No. That happened with... I, when I was a camp counselor for some basketball camps, that would happen every once in a while. Some kids would start talking junk, and I'd have to go ahead and swat it out of bounds. Like, I'd do it anyway. Like, I'd try to make it as tough on mm-hmm. him as possible. But then, like, it's all teaching. Like, if I'm playing him one-on-one in basketball, like, I do certain things that give him different looks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I respect the game, Gary from Texas. I, I appreciate the game. 980 number wrote in, pulled my, uh, pulled my back out for the first time in my life at Harris Teeter getting a can of soup. <laughs> <laughs> walked out uh, with tears in my eyes. Yeah, that one's a big-time old-person move. If you're just 
bending over to pick up a can of soup and then you throw your back out. That's not great. That's a big time old person moment. 704-570-9610. Feel free to share your experiences <laughs> if you want to embarrass yourself. And uh, Twitter Chris, by the way, when he talked about me blocking a shot at the Hickory Y, mm-hmm. he said it was a joke, dude. And then I was like, I'm not telling anybody it was a joke. Like that's it, right. as, as far as yeah. anybody else. Man, he just say just just, just go say with he it. said that to make himself feel better. That's right. Just go with it. Um, let's talk about the defensive backs here because the defensive back split in talent is pretty apparent from one guy that you have in the secondary, and then it's everybody else. Let's start with J.C. Horn, the subject of many debates as we were starting out this show. Look. We can talk about where he ranks in the NFL. We're actually going to get that a little bit later on with Pro Football Focus's most uh, recent top 101 players. And funny enough, J.C. Horn was listed at 101 of the top 101 players in the NFL. But clearly the best player in the secondary for this Carolina Panthers team. If you look at what J.C. Horn has done, he's been good as far as the passer rating allowed. Pat Sertan, J.C. Horn both finished one and two in passer rating allowed according to um, PFF when it comes to all of the different cornerbacks in the NFL. The thing about J.C. Horn is he missed 20 games in his career and he can work on penalties a little bit. He had six on the season despite missing some games this year. Always been handsy, just like what Fiddy was laughing about earlier. So there's something to work on for J.C. Horn in the defensive backfield. My question to you, Wes, is even with us disagreeing on where he could rank among all cornerbacks in the NFL, I think it's pretty safe to say he's by far the best member in the second for this team how much is health a concern though like this is someone that has missed a lot of games in just two years of play so far yeah i mean you have to be concerned with it his first year i mean that was an injury that happens to you know a lot of players and it's going to keep you out and i thought the one issue with the wrist though i mean it was a freak accident it happens that's one of the reasons i didn't like playing defense because they hit each other so much but um he you know, when you look at how they happen, it's like, okay, because a lot of it, when you talk about soft tissue injuries and things of that nature where a guy just can't stay right, where a guy just, it seems like it's always something. Like we talked about with Julio Jones, the phantom injuries where he looks great uh, during the game and then up. you don't know that he was hurt until the next game when he's warming up in a game time decision. So hopefully Horn can just stay out of bad situations, stay in the right place at the right time and remain healthy. But at the end of the day, being available is a skill and so for him at this point you talk about 16 games played in his two seasons so this year is going to be big for him because if he gets hurt again no matter how it happens and he misses a significant period of time the label is going to start to get on him whether he wants it or not and I would imagine with some they already have uh, deemed him an injury prone football player so I would say to this point, I will say no because I felt the injuries that he got were just kind of, you know, just things that happen, freak accidents, et cetera. But this season, if he is not available for a large portion of games, then I think you really have to take that into consideration when you decide if you want to give him a large contract. Ajero Avero coming here as the defensive coordinator. Maybe we can get to some sound later on in the show, but he had Pat Sertan with Denver. Pat Sertan going to finish atop the board in a lot of different defensive back categories. The guy has been fantastic the last two years, and he has been healthy. But if you are looking for some 
comparisons, there's actually some pretty interesting stats when you look at just traditional stats when you're trying to evaluate a cornerback and pro football focus if you want to get into some of the advanced numbers. Pat Sertan and J.C. Horn aren't like in the same group. They're one and two in some of those different categories. J.C. Horn allowing zero touchdowns and targets per snap. Pat Sertan, J.C. Horn, one and two. And the thing is, most quarterbacks weren't throwing J.C. Horn's way. One, because he's a good player. And the other one is because you could pick on the other cornerbacks badly yeah. in this defense. And here's where it becomes a bad statistic. Wes, here's what the other cornerbacks did on this roster. There were 118 cornerbacks that met a certain snap criteria to be graded. Of those 118, C.J. Henderson finished 106. Keith Taylor finished 104. And Dante Jackson finished 101. Mm. I mean, all of them in the bottom 20 of the 118 guys that were evaluated at the cornerback spot. It was atrocious outside of J.C. Horn. Now, Dante Jackson played toward, uh, you know, the play count for him. It was towards the lower end of snaps compared to other cornerbacks in his area, but we all saw how bad he was during the time that he played. C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor were both really bad. Man, I mean, is this a position that you wouldn't mind investing in via free agency or maybe even towards the top of the draft because of how bad it is outside of JC. Well, we know a lot of, uh, you know, your grade is going to be predicated a lot off the passwords that you have, and the Panthers need to get better in that aspect. They were in the bottom 10 when you talk about sacks uh, for the season. And the funny part about Denver's defense is that they were near the bottom of the NFL when you talk about a pass rush grade, when you talk about a PFF analytic rating, but they were top five in the league in coverage grade. So uh, he really coaches up those defensive backs. But when you look over the landscape of the free agents that are available, I mean, it's like, what do you want to do? Because the Panthers cap situation is going to take some finagling. How many... You know, guys, do you want to go out and try to find and go pay? I mean, there's James Bradbury that could be sitting out there. Bring him back. That you had once before. Um, there's some good safeties there. The cornerback class, I mean, it isn't crazy. But, I mean, like a Cam Sutton from Pittsburgh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, Jonathan Jones, Patrick Peterson. So, it's like, which way do you want to go? Now, Patrick Peterson could be a guy, you know, they project his contract to be one year's $5 million. Is he going to go back to Minnesota? I mean, he had a pretty good season last year when you looked at the grades and things of that nature. Is that a guy you may want to invest in to show up your secondary or go in one of those type of areas? Very J.C. Horn-esque year as far as he was the only guy worth accounting for in the secondary and everybody else struggled because that was an awful pass defense yeah. that Minnesota put out there on the field and Patrick Peterson did have a good grade. So we did have Simon Says right into the text line. Dante is already as injury prone as it gets. Having him and J.C. going down every year yeah. is going to be super frustrating. Yeah, that's a good point. So here we are talking about J.C. Horn, and I think Dante Jackson is going to be fascinating to discuss this offseason. He's missed multiple games every year but his rookie season. He missed the last eight games with an Achilles injury at 27 years old. And this is a cornerback that relies on his speed more yeah. than anything else, so it's already scary. Dante had his best year in 2020. He was a top third corner in the league, but he's always been best suited 
to cover a burner on the opposite side. And he's very good at covering go routes, but that's assuming that he still has that speed even post Achilles injury. He could save the team, and this is what Ellis Williams wrote in the Charlotte Observer. He could save the team more than $5 million in cap space if he's cut after June 1st. But the Panthers spent a second-round pick on Dante Jackson just in 2018. And remember, they just signed him to a three-year, $35 million extension last year. So they already gave him a new contract. Wes, I've always thought Dante was a good guy to cover the burner, to cover the speedster, never be a number one corner, especially in this division where you have a whole bunch of big wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Like in its heyday, Julio, Mike Evans, even Chris Godwin for a duo, Michael Thomas with New Orleans, right? You had some bigger physical wide receivers, and I always thought Dante was better suited being that number two corner. But if the guy gets hurt all the time, he hasn't been very good the last two seasons. And now you're talking about him being an older corner, relying on that speed. What do you think happens with Dante? This one's a tough one for me. Uh, I think the Panthers will more than likely cut him. Uh, When you talk about the ramifications of what they could say versus the production that he's given them to this point, uh, I've never thought that that he was that great of a player at all. So I think it would behoove them to do that and probably go in another direction. If you could uh, get rid of him and then go out and get a Patrick Peterson or you go out and get some of these guys, you know, that, we, that we've been talking about. Other veteran cornerbacks on the market, not only him, but even a guy like a Marcus Peters. I mean, we know that he's been a playmaker, even though he's been a little trouble, you know what I'm saying, as far as a, in the locker room and some of the attitude that you get with him. But just a player like that, I think you do need to upgrade that number two cornerback position. Well, the thing about Dante that we were talking about all the time at the beginning of his career, too, was that he brought a fiery personality in the defensive back room. And it was something they were missing when they decided to let Josh Norman walk on that big contract when Dave Gettleman decided, you know what, we're going to rescind the franchise tag and you can go on and eventually get that big deal with Washington. But that was celebrated. Having Mm -hmm. that attitude, especially at the time, being paired with James Bradbury, who ain't going to talk a whole lot, right? I mean, that's just what Bradbury's about. And now here, J.C. Horn will talk to you. I mean, especially on the field, but it doesn't hit the same with the media, I don't think, as far as Dante, like, being outspoken. So we'll see what happens with J.C. as far as that goes. Fiddy, you had something on the defensive back conversation? I know, Wes, so they they need to look to upgrade that second corner. Byron Jones is going to be a cap casualty again in Miami. Was in Dallas, got got a five-year his $85 million contract with the mm. Dolphins. He's going to be out there on that market. That could be a guy that Carolina does look into bringing in here. Super freak athlete. We talked about the craziest broad jump we've ever seen. And that's one of my favorite combine videos is when you're talking about his broad jump and then the different prospects lined up watching him and then they all lose their mind once they see where he was measured. It was like better than some Olympians. That It was, it was mm. crazy. So... He is coming off an injury, though. We'll see what happens with Byron Jones, but maybe it is something you try to address in free agency. Let's talk real briefly about the safety position. I just mentioned how bad the corners graded out outside of J.C. Horn. Wes, it did not fare much better with the safeties. I mean, of the 88 safeties graded, Miles Hartfield was 83rd. Jeremy Chin, 74th, and Xavier Woods was the best, but even he finished 56th. Jeremy Chin, clearly the most interesting guy to talk about here. Basically only played 10 games last season. I thought he finished strong. I thought he posted better games as the season went on, maybe trying to get a little bit back, knocking off some of that rust after the injury he suffered. They started to blitz him more as in every single year. So he's had, I think, about 20 more QB pass rush attempts and snaps each year that he's played in the NFL. 
that kind of hints what we've always talked about, him being a little bit better in the box. What do you think the ceiling is for Jeremy Chin that had such high hopes his rookie season, finishing second in the defensive rookie of the year voting, and really hasn't lived up to that kind of hype the last couple of seasons? I mean, as I've said, you know, as a defensive back, you want a guy, especially in this NFL, they need to be able to cover first. And then it's like you talk about, people would talk about him being a game wrecker in the run game, but then when you look at the grades from an analyst, analytics standpoint, 43.2 grade on run defense this year. And a 58 coverage grade, he allowed a 101.9 passer rating this season and almost 11 yards per catch. So I think with Chin right now, maybe you can put some weight on him and move him down to linebacker. But I felt like if the coaches really felt like that was where he was best suited, that's where he would be. Uh, but at this point, I just think this is a guy that kind of started off fast but has tailed off. I don't know necessarily that he will bounce back from this and become the player that everyone thinks he is. I think the Panthers definitely need to look at some upgrades at corner or uh, investing in some draft selections at that position. I mean, you look at some of the guys that are available on the market. I mean, Jesse Bates is probably out of their reach because the Bengals will probably resign him, even though he did go to Wake Forest, yep. you know. He's a PFF's number four free agent, Demon Deacons, balling. You know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> so he's sitting there. I mean, Jordan Poyer from Buffalo. You would think maybe they, they re-sign him, but that's a guy also that could be out there for them as well. Von Bell from the Bengals is, is, is another guy, Jimmy Ward from my 49ers. So uh, this is a position that the Panthers definitely need to try to shore, shore up. But with their cap situation and what it's going to look like, they can't do but so much. You can't fix everything in one offseason. And that's where Ezra Avero is going to come in as far as his expertise and being able to coach up uh, a defense. I'll tell you this about Jeremy Chin. And that's his expertise as defensive back. Yeah, so we'll see if he can get the best out of Jeremy Chin. That is a that is totally a guy worth giving some time with his ability, in my opinion. Like, for Jeremy Chin, I'm not saying you hold on to him for five, six years, and eventually the seventh year is when he'll break out. But we already saw a pretty strong rookie year. He did get better in coverage the second season. He suffered an injury in the middle part of the year that took a substantial amount uh, of time to get over. And then as soon as he knocked the rust off, I do think he got a little bit better, but there's just so much ability, especially with a guy that is still that young. I think good coaching can figure this out. So I, I'm a Jeremy Chin believer. You know, I think it's going to be real polarizing on how much of an impact you think he can provide. I think he can provide a big one as long as coaching can be right place, right time with Averro coming here, being a defensive backs minded guy. I'm, I'm going to uh, hold out hope for Jeremy Chin, and I think he can have a big impact on this defense coming into next year. That'll do it for the defense back breakdown. Maybe we can get to some other thoughts a little bit later on in the show, but it's time now for the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? We're going to transition, guys, to the NBA where the Atlanta Hawks fired Nate McMillan yesterday after an underwhelming season so far for the Hawks, and, and they've identified Quinn Snyder as a guy that could be the potential uh, coach for them moving forward, but I wanted to propose maybe the idea that James Borrego is this team it could be in play for that Hawks head coaching job. 
What do you guys think about JB maybe resurfacing with the Hawks? Well, Quinn Snyder is the guy that's considered the favorite, as you mentioned. But ever since he left the Utah organization, it was always kind of considered that Greg Popovich would move on in his old age. Quinn Snyder would take over the Spurs job because he is a Greg Pop disciple. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I would be surprised if Quinn Snyder decided to take over this Atlanta job with Trey Young, who... Right now has a reputation of not getting along with coaches, whether it be Lloyd Pierce, whether it be Nate McMillan, who helped them after Pierce's firing get to an Eastern Conference Finals. And, of course, you had the big Knicks series. You had the big Philadelphia 76ers win. So I I don't know if this would be as attractive for Quinn Snyder. JB taking over, it would make some sense. We haven't seen JB take any other job. So it would make some sense for him to maybe take this one, especially with his offensive, um, I don't know about genius, but certainly Mm. offensive prowess that he has especially working with a pretty nice backcourt. I think it could make sense, but I think for this team, especially with a guy like Trey Young, they need a coach that's going to have some cachet that's going to come in with a winning background because I think Trey Young will look at Borrego as a failed coach of the Hornets and will probably treat him no different than he treated the other coaches. It's his franchise. He runs it. And unless they bring a coach in, like I said, that's really going to have some clout, um, I think it'll be wash, rinse, repeat. All right, let's go to the campus corner coming up next. Some real unfortunate news coming out of Alabama regarding their basketball program. And we'll also check in with the ACC. Campus corner up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up, the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit that follow button. Wesson Walker, I'm not spelling it out for you. You should have paid attention Good in uh, language class and made 100s on your spelling test. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's that time, baby. Time to go to the campus corner. All right. Tonight, we got some ACC basketball going down. Carolina is on their last stand tour, even though I think it's a wrap. They're at 16 and 11. Going up against a pesky Notre Dame team on the road is UNC on upset alert as they head out to take on the fighting Islanders. I I mean, look, man, on the road, North Carolina has not been good this season. I I don't think so, just because Notre Dame is only 2-14 and in the conference. It would be the loss to cement 
their inability to get to the NCAA tournament. Notre Dame right now, uh, they've been on a long losing streak. The only wins they have in conference are against Georgia Tech and against Louisville. Wes, I don't see it. Even with North Carolina struggling as much as they have been, I don't see it. I know they only lost by two to Virginia. I know they only lost by four to Duke. And even with those being on the road, I still just can't see North Carolina being the third ACC victim to this Notre Dame team. I could see it because I feel like Notre Dame has been knocking on the door uh, against some good opponents. They've been a feisty team all season long. Cormac Ryan and, um, oh, God, I can't forget his name. But Nate Lazuski uh, is another guy, like Lashevsky. I said, along with Cormac Ryan. And, um, oh, Lord, dang good one. Dang good one. Uh, this is another crew, like I said, they're third in the ACC and three-point field goals made. They hit around nine per game. If they get hot in that building, and like I said, this is the end of – we're coming down the stretch. So the Notre Dame team and teams like them are looking to spoil seasons of other teams. That's what they're going to get out of the season. So they will be amped to go tonight. Carolina still has that name on the front of their jersey that Notre Dame will want to get a win against. I'm going to go on a limb, upset tonight. Notre Dame finishes off what's left of the North Carolina Tar Heels at home. Now we have uh, NC State. They got a little bit of trouble, I guess you could say, coming to their building, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This is their second time playing each other this season. NC State already has one win uh, under their belt against the Demon Deacons. Wake coming off that loss to Miami where they put up a ton of points. They shot the ball really well, but tons of turnovers, 19 to be exact. 12 from Tyree Appleby. Is NC State in trouble against the Demon Deacons? I mean, Wake Forest is a team that does play some of these better squads very tough. They only lost to NC State by two, even though it was at home, and this game is going to be on the road for Wake Forest. They only lost by two. Absolutely, I could see this upset happening. Eventually, if you made me put money on it, I would still pick NC State to win this game, but I absolutely think Wake Forest has a shot with the kind of talent they have, with the ability that they've shown to stay in some of these games. They lost to Miami the last time out, but it's hard to win in Coral Gables these days, especially against that really impressive guard unit that they have with the Hurricanes. But yeah, I mean, if you're asking is there a shot, absolutely. I'm still going to pick NC State to win, though. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with NC State to handle their business at home as well against my Demon Deeks. I want to believe in them, but this one I start to get excited about them. They, uh, they let me down, so... Hopefully they can get the win tonight. I'm hoping for it, but I'm not going to uh, put too much stock into that. And then on a more serious note, Brandon Miller, this Alabama thing, I mean, this could be a movie, and I think it will be a movie one day. But star freshman Brandon Miller, uh, projected first-round pick, lottery in some mock drafts, bought the gun that teammate Darius Miles allegedly used in a January killing in Tuscaloosa. According to police, the shooting led to capital murder charges against Miles, who was dismissed from the team. Another man, Michael Davis, was also charged with capital murder in the shooting, which left Jamia Janae Harris dead. I mean, this situation just keeps getting worse. They said that there was a text message exchange in which uh, Miles asked Miller to bring him his gun, and that was the night that the murder was committed. So uh, with that said... Should Miller be punished even if he's not legally? Yeah, I think Alabama should not allow him to go play on the court, at least right now. There should be some kind of indefinite suspension for him, and then you figure it out from there. But the fact that they allowed Brandon Miller to continue to play basketball, I understand legally that he was not in trouble, but we're also talking about 
basketball coaches who hold players accountable all the time, even if they're not in legal trouble. That's exactly why you have team rules. If you show up late, however many times, you're going to get disciplined. And yet Brandon Miller is still going out there and still playing because this is a top five team in the country. Brandon Miller is a top five projected draft pick, and that might be conservative. Like this guy... Some people are talking about him being ahead of Scoot Henderson, but maybe even just that third overall selection. This is an extremely talented basketball player, but the dude brought a gun to a place where that said gun that he brought eventually murdered someone, and he's been playing basketball since. And more to boot, Nate Oates was asked about this, the Alabama head coach, and this is what he had to say. It's sad. We knew about that. Can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble or is in any uh, any trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Nate Oates would eventually release a statement afterwards telling you, look, I take it seriously. Thoughts and prayers to the Harris family because it felt like that was the PR move. But man, this seems to be pretty horribly handled all around by Nate Oates and by the Alabama Athletic Administration. Yeah, and the statement from the coach, I just don't understand how guys make these type of mistakes and then have to go back and correct it. I mean, good Lord, man, the situation that you're dealing with and you're going to get up there and give that type of response that was just so tone deaf. And I mean, I get it. It's such an extraordinary situation that you really don't know how to handle it, but you got to do better uh, than what he did, man. And, and, and it's just unfortunate. And just me being a father, I just think about, man, just if, if your child was involved in something like that, I mean, young guys just totally unaware of what's in front of them. And I mean, just the fact that this type of stuff is even on your mind to me, it, it, it's just, I mean, you can't, I can't even begin to put it in words, but do I think that he should be punished? Yes, I do. Because just for the fact that you're buying guns and, uh, it wasn't said if he bought the gun legally or not. Well, I mean, I yeah, I don't know if he bought it. I just know that it was brought, right? I know, th- I know that. So I haven't read anything about him buying the gun. I just know that he brought it to the place where that said gun was Got used you. in a murder. Yeah, and so I don't know how the gun was obtained then, I should say. Right. Was it a legal purchase or what the situation was? But regardless, the fact that you're a college athlete that lives on a campus to where a gun is not needed, the fact that you guys have one and that you're engaging in that type of stuff alone, to me, should warrant a punishment. But we know how it is in athletics, man. When you're winning and there are things at stake and you're talking about tournament seedings and all that type of stuff, man, concessions will be made. Well, and a 980 number writing and guys get the facts correct. Miles was not the shooter. Davis was. That is correct. I didn't say that Dave, yeah, that Miles, that. Is, Miles is not the one that pulled the trigger. The gun was used to yes, kill someone. And someplace. I read it straight from the story, my friend. Yeah, so, so that's what it stated. But whatever, right? Like, I mean, this is a, a pretty serious matter here and Brandon Miller supplied the murder weapon. I mean, that's it's a pretty big deal. And Brandon and Miller kept playing basketball. So the fact that there's a the thing about Nate Oates' comment too. I don't know how much of a better comment you can cook up because you did something wrong in the first place by knowing about it and allowing him to play without any repercussions, at least visible. And he didn't say that there was any discipline that they put on Brandon Miller at the time. All he did was say that wrong place, wrong time. That's how he, that's what, that was his dismount for his statement to media when asked about this. Pretty ridiculously way to handle it. Yeah. And so uh, Tuscaloosa Chief Deputy District Attorney Paula Whitley told uh, AL.com that there's nothing that they could charge him with talking 
talking uh, about Brandon Miller. So we'll see how this situation plays out, but just very sad and unfortunate. And another situation that was sad and unfortunate that we will talk about when we come back, Miles Bridges. And the situation that happened this offseason, he's now saying that he could be back before the season is out. We'll talk about that and more. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.